have tuned into Kimbera FM, our local community radio on 92.4. And we are live on the internet on www.kimbera.com. Today's Mass programme is a live transmission from St Coleman's Church in the parish of Kimbera, Galway. The people of Kimbera are celebrating their 200-year anniversary of the dedication of St Coleman's Church with a special Mass with Bishop of Galway, Brendan Kelly, and parish priest, Father Hugh Clifford. Our Mass programme today has been extended for this special occasion to the two full hours from 12 until 2pm. We shall now start the programme.
great pleasure to welcome Bishop Brendan Kelly, the Bishop of Galway, Kilmacdua, and Apostolic Administrator of Kilfenora, back to the parish where he was curate straight after ordination in 1972, wasn't it? Um, and Yes, um, so wonderful to, to have him here today as we celebrate the 200th anniversary of the dedication of St. Coleman's Church, Kinvara. This is the oldest church still in use for worship in the diocese, and so it's very well worth marking. We had a wonderful evening yesterday evening celebrating this occasion, and we learned a lot about the history of the church and what the people of the parish and this particular locality have done over the years to um, ensure that this particular church thrives, and it, it became very clear how well-loved and beloved this church is to the, to the people of the area. So now we enter into our thanks to God and our celebration of the Eucharist with Bishop Brendan. Peace be with you. I'm delighted to be here with you today, I have to say. As I was coming in there from the sacristy, uh, I was very conscious of the fact that um, I said my first Sunday Mass, I suppose, in the first parish Mass as a, as a priest in this church on the first Sunday of July in 1971, a bit older than that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a lot. I remember well the... the and it's wonderful to see the place packed today. Even in 1971, I don't think we saw this packed. Uh, not too often anyway, except for maybe funerals occasionally. Um, anyway, it's wonderful to be back here. I, I have wonderful uh, memories of, of Kinvara. Um, in a way, I learned more in the year I was here about faith and everything else than in all the years. I had spent in Maynooth, and uh, certainly it disabused me coming here. It disabused me of many of the false notions that I had uh, on coming out, and um, I wasn't disabused in any kind of nasty way, but simply by the example of the people. And if I may say so, and there's a good lot of us here today, uh, the old people in particular but also some young people. I remember a young man who used to always stand at that door. Um, <clears throat> he's not here anymore. And uh, but I, he always stood just at the door. And I remember him explaining to me one time precisely why he couldn't come in any farther. <coughs> and, uh, because of the way he, he, uh, he, he, he found it so hard to take crowds. And he told me that very quietly and all on my own on another occasion when we were sitting at a particular counter together. <laughs> at a wedding. <laughs> anyway, uh, these are the kind of things you see, everything else you forget, and then you remember little details like this. Anyway, I'm delighted to be here. It's, it's as Hugh has said, it's the oldest church in use in the diocese. And, I always had a great draw for the place because of its wonderful simplicity. And um, we'll, we'll, um, 
We'll begin, as we always do when we come to Mass, uh, conscious of the fact that this is our great riches. The Gospel today is telling us um, very much, you know, that you cannot be the slave of both God and money. <clears throat> That's the last word, the last word of the Gospel. And, but the great riches is the faith that we carry in our hearts. And we come to church to nourish it. And we do that, and initially, of course, our first, our first experience, if we're really present here, is that we realize our own shortcomings. But we entrust ourselves in all our failure and sinfulness to God's incredible and unbelievable mercy for each and every one of us. That we might celebrate these sacred mysteries with great joy today. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, faithful me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. <clears throat> consecrated. Hear the prayers of your people and grant that in this place for you there may always be pure worship and for us fullness of redemption. Through our Lord Jesus Christ your Son who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit one God forever and ever. Amen. reading. A reading from the prophet Amos. Listen to this, you who trample on the needy and try to suppress the poor people of the country. 
You who say, when will new moon be over so that we can sell our corn and Sabbath so that we can market our wheat? Then by lowering the bushel, raising the shekel, by swindling and tampering with the scales, we can buy up the poor for money and the needy for a pair of sandals and get a price even for the sweepings of the wheat. The Lord swears it by the pride of Jacob. Never will I forget a single thing you have done. The word of the Lord. Praise the Lord who raises the poor. Praise the Lord who raises the poor. Praise O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. May the name of the Lord be blessed both now and from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy. My advice is that, first of all, there should be prayers offered for everyone, petitions, intercessions, and thanksgiving, and especially for kings and others in authority, so that we may be able to live religious and reverent lives in peace and quiet. To do this is right and will please God our Saviour. He wants everyone to be saved and reach full knowledge of the truth. For there is only one God and there is only one mediator between God and mankind, himself a man, Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself as a ransom for them all. He is the evidence of this, sent at the appointed time, and I have been named a herald and apostle of it, and I am telling the truth and no lie a teacher of the faith and the truth to the pagans. In every place then, I want the men to lift up their hands in reverently in prayer with no anger or argument. The word of the Lord. rich but he became poor for your sake to make you rich out of his poverty
Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, the man who can be trusted in little things can be trusted in great, and the man who is dishonest in little things will be dishonest in great. If then you cannot be trusted with money, that tainted thing, who will trust you with genuine riches? And if you cannot be trusted with what is not yours, who will give you what is your very own? No servant can be the slave of two masters. He will either hate the first and love the second, or treat the first with respect and the second with scorn. You cannot be the slave both of God and of money. The Gospel of the Lord. that we have been given by the church today are pretty clear and strong. The first sentence of the first reading, listen to this, you who trample on the needy and try to suppress the poor people of the country. And then we ended up, of course, the very last line of the gospel, you cannot be the slave both of God and of money. They're very much connected to each other, these two particular uh, sentences and they, they show us the fact that there's great thought goes into these the selection of these particular readings that they are uh, consonant with each other um, when they're being set out for us to give us a kind of coherent message on a particular day it's an amazing message on the day that um, uh, that we are given here 200 years um, after the church was dedicated in uh, 1819. Um, the other thing I noticed in the little bit of the history that I read myself um, was that the church was started in 1816 but not finished for seven years or eight years until 1824 I think, eight years later. It took eight years to build it because they didn't have all the money and uh, it took a while, and uh, it's, it's a great reminder to us that this church was built in very much poorer times for the local people. Um, and they were very dependent on, on the, the, uh, the, the um, generosity of their masters at the time, if you like, the, the richer people, usually the landowning class. Um, here, so this uh, site apparently was was granted by Sir Robert Gregory. Probably um, that seems to be. Am I right? After all your history last night. Yes, and the Debastros were involved as well. So anyway, that's that's the reality of it. The rich people's duty, I suppose, in some sense. But anyway, and the poor people's determination. Um, these are the kind of things that, that brought about the building of this church. Now that 
we were free, or our ancestors were free to practice their faith in public um, again uh, after many decades and centuries indeed of not being able to do so. So it's important for us, I think, to recall that, you know, that, that people did wonderful things in poorer times. Um, they built a simple church in the old Irish, well, style, a more simple style, as I say. Um, and look how beautiful it is today. And how well it has survived. And how well it has been taken care of over the years. I mean, the story of what happened as recently as in the 1980s when um, higher powers uh, thought that maybe it was hardly worth saving the roof and uh, it would cost an enormous amount of money. But the people came together here and uh, I was always aware of that, that the people around Crusoe and places like that would never allow, um, even in my own time, that was very clear, that they would want this church to remain open no matter what uh, the people over on this side of the parish. And you can understand that, how important it was for them. And we're glad today, I think, that this determination was there all along. And, um, you know, it had something to do with people having their own place of worship and it belonged to them. Uh, and there's a very real sense in which what happens within here belongs to us too. And how we celebrate and how we do it is so vital, and perhaps more than ever today, that we have to come together as we do to build this church. The big question for us all today, and this is true of every church in the country at the present time, how do we come together ourselves now and put our two and two and fourpence into the whole kitty? And I'm not talking about money, but talking about what do we do to preserve something perhaps far richer than the building, which is in danger, or seems to be in danger at any rate sometimes, of going into decay, which is the actual faith in our hearts itself, the faith that gives us strength and power when we are poor. The problem about riches always, and that's why the gospel today is so, is so strong, and Jesus is so strong. Things don't change. These truths don't change. They are eternal. The problem about becoming well off is we become independent, not just of our neighbors, but of God. In other words, the possibility of us being truly a communion, a holy communion, a sacred communion of us being a community in the very deepest and best sense. But that seems to go into decline. And uh, we are in the Western world, uh, we are a world where the, the, uh, the rights and the duties are not even, no, the duties, I shouldn't even mention duties. Uh, the rights, at any rate, of the individual trump those of the community so often and so much uh, today. And uh, that's the kind of society which, which we are living today. It's not all bad. 
It has wonderful points about it. It's critical. And it's an inevitable reaction, perhaps, to, to, to what happened in the past, or the way we lived in the past. But it also has to do with prosperity and that kind of success and, and, and riches in all sorts of ways that we have acquired in the material sense. And these are the things which we can do now, do whatever is material, but how do we come together to preserve and to conserve and help grow the wonderful message of Jesus that gives us strength when all else fails, that gives us strength and shows us the way to true freedom and to the fullness of life. And that's what we're always talking about. That's what we're always talking about in the good news. We didn't, Jesus didn't come and bring bad news, even when he was strong and when he was condemnatory, even of the things that he said. He was still bringing good news because he was attempting to get people to love one another and to make the sacrifices that was critical for that. And I'm very conscious today of the position, I forget about whatever I've written down here, but I'm very conscious of the fact, for example, and I'm delighted to see all the servers here and the young people today, it's lovely to see you, you're vital, and you are our future, and everything we do, and the preservation of this church today, and the celebration of its 200 years, is for your sake, and not just for the sake of the adults here, very much for your sake. And I'm very conscious of the fact that we are meeting on a Sunday between two events of worldwide significance. On Friday last, um, as a result of the work of this one little girl, 15 year old, um, whom they tell us has a certain syndrome. Sure, everybody has a syndrome nowadays, nearly. But it's, it's so important. And the, because she decided one Friday to leave school and to set herself up with a sign outside the parliament in Sweden. A 15-year-old. Of course, thousands of school children have followed her in the intervening year. And on Friday, there was this, in 4,000 cities throughout the world, there was a march and a gathering, a peaceful march, of school children, teenagers and even younger, who left their classrooms. And mind you, an awful lot of their teachers went with them and went out and with their placards and saying, there is a crisis around us, what we're doing to the earth and what we have been doing and what our generation and what progress, so-called progress, is causing and the worship of riches in some way. And uh, uh, that's how many, and this young Swedish girl was in New York and there were 200,000, they say, had turned out there. In a country which really needs to hear the message because climate change and all of that, we're all causing it. So it's not just for governments, but it's for us all. And our children are asking us because they're afraid. 
will there be a future? And what sort of future will it be? And are we going to have more of these terrible floods and uh, storms and uh, the worst hurricanes ever and the tale of them being the worst ever coming to hit ourselves sometimes? We're kind of lucky enough. That we're, and the rising of the oceans and all the rest of it, I'm not going to go into it. You all know, we've heard it all, we keep hearing it, we have to start believing it. Uh, and we are believers in science. But it's amazing how many people now are saying, we don't have to believe in that science. Mightn't be right. But we're not too late yet. And that's the big, the big, the big thing. So it means restraint in a way that we maybe weren't used to before. And it means discovering for ourselves that that type of progress is not healthy. And you have all these thousands of people because the Sahara is expanding. So there's nothing for the people in Africa. So they're coming north because north is where the money is. North is where the jobs are. North is where they see the prosperity. Ine inevitably. And we have to welcome. We must welcome. Our own people were welcomed when they had a famine here, when they had nothing, when they went, when they went to other countries. And they were welcomed and they continue to be welcomed. And we must welcome too. There is no other way. It may not be comfortable. It won't be comfortable, always. Welcome is never comfortable. It always puts us out of it. Visitors come to the door. Oh, my God, we never expected it. We have to bring in. You know. Anyway, these are the things. That's, that was last um, Friday. And, of course, our own Taoiseach is in New York today. And uh, we're all we're hearing in the news here is he's going to meet on the edges. On the edges and the edges of what he's going to meet Mr. Johnson or England, from England or whoever. And that's true and it's vital. But the important thing is that the Secretary General of the United Nations has called together all this, the, the, the leaders of countries and there's a conference tomorrow in the United Nations about the same issue that the young people, our children, were talking about on Friday last. And uh, so, these are the things that have been happening. And we are caught here between the two of them. We're celebrating 200 years of this. And I am delighted to hear that this 200 years is going to be marked by the development of a garden. Now, this is wonderful. The Garden of Eden is what we are told the world was to some degree at the beginning. Until Adam fell and Eve. Uh, and you know, it's a kind of, isn't it, isn't it a metaphor for what's happening to know that, that if we are too selfish, if we consume everything in this generation, what's going to happen to the paradise? So you see, Genesis is right when you look at it properly and don't take it as a scientific textbook. It's right, paradise. And so God said, sure, that's the way now. You've turned it into something else. So we're out of paradise. Uh, but you've set up a garden. Now this is wonderful because this is so vital. And it reminds us, it's just as a symbol as a symbol of taking care of the earth, taking care of our air, of our water, of making sure that the generations that come after us are going to have something wonderful and something beautiful. 
And as I said, it's also about the fact for us who are believers, shaky and all as that belief may be sometimes, to look again at the gospel, to look again at the message of Jesus, to look again at the metaphorical message, the parables that, that's in Genesis, and to look and see the good news that's there, but that it asks sacrifice from ourselves as individuals, not just as nations, whether we're rich or poor, that the sacrifice of welcoming, the sacrifice of being open and not afraid, the sacrifice of acknowledging that we haven't got all the answers, the simplicity of that particular position, becoming children again in that sense, vitally in need of each other and in need of the garden, the magnificent, fertile, wonderful garden in which God has placed us and to stop, for God's sake, abusing it. And I think it's wonderful that you're celebrating this today on this. I think it's a very significant Sunday and it's by the grace of God and it's providential that you are on both sides. You have these particular events taking place on Friday and now tomorrow as well. So whatever else we're praying for today, and he said there we should all reach out, and especially the men. Did you hear that, St. Paul? Saying the men should hold up their hands in prayer. Well, I'm not exactly asking the men to do that at all. But what he's talking about is that we'd all be men and women of prayer, simply. And that's what the church is about. Uh, we can say prayers at home and it's wonderful, but it's wonderful to gather and to be together, to be united in our prayer and worship of God, becoming our very best selves for that we have been created. God made man and woman we are made and created, and this is the fundamental message of Genesis as well. We're made and created to give glory, honor, and praise to God. I remember <clears throat> the first lesson in theology, this, I'm going on too long on it, but I remember in the first time when I went to Luke, the first lesson in theology I learned was that I wasn't on this earth to save my soul. Well, I am. We were taught very much this in our time. Here to save my soul. Yes, but I save the soul first of all by giving glory, honor, and praise to God. And that means taking care of my neighbor and taking care of my environment and the wonderful garden in which he has placed us. So cherish that garden which we will be blessing today. Let it be seen as the symbol that it is of a new awakening, a new conversion, and a new beginning for those of us who profess the faith we're about to profess now as Catholics and as Christians who profess that faith at whatever personal cost so that the garden will be a garden of paradise for all the generations to come, the entire earth, that we are going to leave them as their heritage. So we stand and profess our faith.
I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial of the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. My advice is this. First of all, there should be prayers offered for everyone. Petitions, intercessions, and thanksgiving. And so we invite those who are going to lead us in that prayer today to come forward. Lord, bless Pope Francis and our Bishop Brendan in their task as shepherds of your people. Bless your church throughout the world. And on this day, we pray especially for the parish of Canberra. Help us to be alive in our faith. Lord, hear us. Ahirna, glee to our huggers, our raw, August, our earliest, on bubble shock and frast the Lord. August are afraid of her nobleinta. John the Galant had Dini who was so servy shin, so no latent to show freshen. I hear no Aislin. May there be peace in our world, bring an end to war and violence, and inspire leaders and populations to work for harmony. May peace last and flourish on our own island. Island, Lord, hear us. Lord, grant eternal life to those who have died. We remember today especially those who have worshipped you in this church during the years. In a particular way, we pray for those who are involved in the refurbishments of St. Coleman's Church and those who gave of their time and talent to make the church a worthy house of God in this community. Lord, hear us. Bani Kinwara, Agus and Pabla Warren and Shaw, Quijilin in our Celta, Trori Arnini August to say a Tamak Doiv, Roiv, Thor Bishop Doiv, Shoe the Tachin, Agus being in a close shoe the Tashananish, Bani Gakdina a diary could a Kalurishah Agro, a Hirna Aislin. Now, as Latin would have been the language of the liturgy for many years of this church's life, we ask our Lady's intercession now as we pray the Hail Mary in Latin. 
Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tua in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tu, Jesu. Sancta Maria, Mater Dea, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostris. Amen. Father, we thank you for these prayers which we have been able to offer here today and for all the prayers that have been offered over the last two centuries in this sacred place through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Offertory now, and um, I ask you to please pass around the parish offertory baskets there in the seats. I want to thank all who have contributed to the special collection we did for doing the garden and for other um, works on the church here. The leftover envelopes are left around the seats there, so if there's anybody who didn't get an opportunity to contribute and um, would still like to do so, it'd be very welcome to do so, whether than putting it into the basket now or handing it into the church in the, in the weeks to come. Um, so many thanks for that. And we will now have our offertory procession and our offertory hymn.
brothers, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Recalling the day when you were pleased to fill your house with glory and holiness, O Lord, we pray that you may make of us a sacrificial offering always acceptable to you, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For in this visible house that you have let us build, and where you never cease to show favour to the family on pilgrimage to you in this place. You wonderfully manifest and accomplish the mystery of your communion with us. Here you build up for yourself the temple that we are and cause your church spread throughout the world to grow ever more and more as the Lord's own body till she reaches her fullness in the vision of peace, the heavenly city of Jerusalem. And so, with the countless ranks of the blessed, in the temple of your glory, we praise you, we bless you, and we proclaim your greatness as we acclaim. Son to its setting a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread. And giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you.
similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice. And giving you thanks, he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with St. Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Coleman, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence, we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant Francis our Pope and Brendan our Bishop, the Order of Bishops, all the clergy and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. <coughs> through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Shasamuit, I guess Quivimit and our Nahid, we mutter ruin or slaughter who are doing it. Or Nahid, a cornea, who need for cannon, the dark of the real. In the 
Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Kingdom, the power, and the glory of yours, Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us offer one another a sign.
You are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. The temple of God, which you are, is holy. Let us pray. May the people consecrated to you, O Lord, we pray, receive the fruits and joy of your blessing, that the festive homage they have offered you today in the body may redound upon them as a spiritual gift through Christ our Lord. I think we're going to sit for a moment. Father Hugh has a couple of words to say. As we come to the end of our ceremony today, I do want to thank the many parishioners who have been involved in the celebrations and um, a great wave of enthusiasm um, came up around the parish um, in connection with these celebrations and uh, rightly so, the oldest church in the diocese turning 200 years, it was worthwhile marking it. So I want to thank those who came to the planning meetings um, over the time and um, exchange ideas and then more importantly went ahead to put them into action um, so many thanks to that group of people who are so dedicated and then um, it's always as I say dangerous to start naming names but if I could name some names and hopefully that they would represent the many other names in the background um, for all of this so for the, the mass today uh, first of all thank Bishop Brendan for coming to us and for celebrating with us today at an important event in the life of the diocese so it was important that the, that the bishop be with us and we thank him for um, all that he has brought to this ceremony today and um, yeah, I didn't realise that he was such an expert on the counters of Canvara, so <laughs> he's, he's full of surprises. <laughs> and it's wonderful to, I hope you don't mind me singling out the priests who are here again, because I think it's good to be aware in our history that the parish of Ginvara has produced vocations to priesthood and religious life along the way, and I would really hope that it will uh, again in our generation. So um, a very special welcome back to the former parish priest, Father Frank Larkin, who's always a welcome visitor back here and was 19 years as parish priest here and some years as curate earlier on in his, in his priesthood as well. So great to have you back, Father Frank. And Father Cullum Cook, um, who is a native of the Gart area and has come back from the USA um, to live in Ireland now again in his retirement. And great to have you here today. Father Fonzie Flatley, um, SMA father, who is um, back in Ireland now after many years in Nigeria and always very loyal to his hometown of Kinvara. Father Bernard Mulcairns of the Columban Fathers in Dalgan Park in Navan, who is a nephew of the former parish priest here, uh, Father Bernard Mulcairns, who was remembered last night um, for all that he has done in the parish. So it's a lovely link with the history of the parish to have you back here. And Father Brendan Muldoon, who is um, home on holidays from Flora, Florida at the moment and who always keeps so uh, interested in, in Canvara. Great to have you back, Father Brendan, and um, who's uh, been uh, a great uh, help uh, around here in recent weeks as well. And Father Colum Nylon, um, home from Nigeria at the moment as well on the missions. Um, great to have Father Colum back among us um, during this time as well. 
Thank you to the musicians today, um, Maeve Carney, who was the cantor of this church and who does such a beautiful job week in, week out, uh, with her great expertise in liturgical music. And Maeve put particular enthusiasm into these bicentenary celebrations and has been working flat out on them between the concert last night and for this Mass over the last few weeks and indeed months. So thank you to Maeve. And the parish choir is so faithful week in, week out, usually in St. Joseph's Church, but they um, find themselves in all the churches of the parish from time to time, and indeed the cemeteries. So led with great expertise by Teresa Kavanagh, always. Um, we thank Teresa for all, all her work and the, the members of the choir for all that you do in this parish always. And the choir... Uh, The choir was accompanied today by Dave Hogan, who often um, acts as the stand-in cantor here and who plays with the choir when he can in St. Joseph's as well. So thank you, Dave, for that today. And Fiona Corliss Baldwin, who had sang last night, was here again joining with the choir, um, a great expert in music, so it was lovely to have her joining in today. Thank you to those who organised the car park outside to Stan and Moya McGowan for use of their, their ground and the, the kind stewards on the car park today. And thank you to the um, ushers who in the church today, Killian Kenny, Stephen Brannock and Rory Carney. And um, our altar service, whom the bishop mentioned earlier on, and great to have, including Ashling, one of the Quinn family who have such a long link uh, with the, the parish in the church here, going back right through the 200 years very significant. Thank you to our sacristans, the two Bynas, Bynum McCormack and Brian Mitchell, and indeed to Sue and Dave Hogan who have been involved in various ways as well. Um, thank you to all those who, were, who did huge heavy lifting and work getting ready for this over recent weeks, to Sean Canole, who gives so much care to this church um, week in, week out during the, the year, and his, um, his family, Antoinette and the, and the family. Thank you, to all you, thank you for all you do for this church, to Breach Moylan and Stephen and family for all that they do, um, Michael Ford, and there are a whole lot of other people who I'm um, leaving out now, so I hope I'm not offending loads of people now by not mentioning them. Um, thank you to Marion Connolly, who has done a lot for the liturgy today. She very thoughtfully tried to think through trying to have a representation of people who are doing the readings and the, the gifts and all the other tasks during the Mass. So thank you. Marion has been working flat out on these celebrations for weeks and months as well. And the members of the Kinvara ICA, again with Marion guiding them, um, have put on beautiful refreshments for outside afterwards, so I hope you'll be able to stay um, to, to partake of that, and thank you for all the setting up that went on. Um, indeed, thank you to um, Councillor Joe Byrne and friends who helped with setting up the marquee for that um, uh, outside. Um, Thank you to A. Dalton of Ballandarian Parish, who has very kindly agreed to, to take the photographs for the, the Mass today, and that will allow us to hold the memory alive when we, we'll have the photographic record to look back on. So thank you, A, for doing that. So, as I say, uh, appreciation to everybody who was involved. It's impossible to, to name everybody, but um, thank you to every, all people who have worked for to make these celebrations uh, a great success.
So after the Mass now, when we go out, um, we will process straight over to the, the garden, to the gate of the garden. So if you would all follow out and we will have Councillor Joe Byrne perform the official opening and then the Bishop will be blessing the garden. So if everybody would um, move out once the final hymn is finished and we will, we will gather there. But first of all, um, I have an announcement to make. I have a surprise for a very well-loved and dedicated parishioner. The Bene Marenti Medal is an award which is conferred by the Pope on a parishioner who was given um, outstanding service over many years. And Pope Francis has um, agreed to our request to bestow the Bene Marenti Medal on Jack Donahue. Jack is a native of Funchen in the parish here. Um, his, his wife Carmel indeed was awarded the Bene Marenti Medal for her services to the parish um, for many years and we remember her on this occasion and ask the Lord to give her joy in heaven. Jack has given dedicated service to Ginvara Parish all through his life. He has cut the grass and has done work around the grounds. He has kept an eye, especially on St. Joseph's Church and Presbytery, though he's ecumenical, he um, comes to St. Coleman's Church as well. <laughs> he was a support to his wife in, in her work in the parish. He has given support to all the parish priests and curates of Kinvara Parish back through many decades. Jack is now aged 92, but still um, is very active in the parish. He is a weekday mass sacristan. He puts out and uh, takes in the church bins. He collects the offertory baskets for the Saturday even vigil mass. Um, he locks the church any evening that I am away. Um, he's a great security uh, on the, the church campus uh, <laughs> over there. Um, he has very kindly accompanied me on the first Friday visits to the, the sick, um, showing me where to go as I try to figure out the Kinvara geography. Um, and he has wonderful, detailed local knowledge. He does many other things, like, like lighting the Paschal fire for the Easter vigil and helps out for the funerals in both St. Joseph's and St. Coleman's churches. Jack is a cheerful man of faith who has uh, an encouragement to us all, a well-loved uh, parishioner of Kinvara, whose service is a very important contribution to the life of this parish. So now I invite Bishop Brendan to confer on behalf of Pope Francis the Bene Marenti Medal on Jack Donoghue. I'd invite Jack and his family to come out to the front for the conferring of the medal. Well, that was lovely. Um, I'm delighted, I'm delighted that we had that little ceremony at the end to, to honour Jack in that way. Uh, the people uh, who um, keep things going in the background are invaluable in every walk of life. We know that and we're very grateful to them. 
practical is Jack today. Long may you continue, Jack. In good health. So now, I'd like to thank everybody today. I'm delighted to be here, as I said at the beginning. I could go on for ages and ages. I probably did anyway, already. <laughs> um, but uh, I do want, Father Hugh thanked everybody. I would just like to say a word of gratitude to Father Hugh. I think he, he has done a great job and is, is, is showing great leadership potential. <laughs> I'm very grateful to him. He's, he's, uh, he has plenty of. He does a lot of things, and 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 and. But this is a lovely celebration, and and it's wonderful. And I know he had a big part to play in it, and I just wanted to thank him as well on your behalf and on my own. Um, I was delighted to see my brother priests here, in particular every single one of them. I know them all fairly well for a long time. Some of them, and I was. I have to say a special word. I'm delighted that Father Bernard Kearns is here because he was my first mentor. Father Barney was my. Um, my first mentor here in, in Kinvara, and um, yes, he made me toe the line a little bit <laughs> <laughs> at a time when I needed it. Um, <laughs> but he was wonderful. He was just such a wonderful man, and uh, um, I'm, I'm just delighted that you're here today, Bernard, to represent him um, and all the other men who went before. I, I, Father Michael O'Connor later retired and lived with me in his retirement in Gort, so that was, that was also another connection. Not to mention all the other connections. I see Joe Byrne, I'm sure there's other fellows down here that I did attempt to teach at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, that's, so I'm, I'm delighted to say for all these reasons to be here. So we'll, we'll just stand and pray for God's blessing. The Lord be with you. May the people, no, may God, the, the Lord of heaven and earth, who has gathered you today in memory of the dedication of this church, make you abound in heavenly blessings. Amen. Amen. And may he who has willed that all his scattered children be gathered together in his son, grant that you may become his temple and the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thus may all be made thoroughly clean, so that God may dwell within you, and you may possess with all the saints the inheritance of eternal happiness. Amen. The Mass is over. Let us continue in peace. Amen.
of Canvara. Canvara FM, your local community radio. When you bring me my love all along the wild Atlantic way. Mass is over now and the recording is complete. I am now handing you back to the main studio and this is from the outside broadcast unit at St. Coleman's Church in Canvara.